Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Roll With It. Today we're going to be playing Firebrands with our guest, Steve. Um, I could introduce Steve, but I feel like Steve is probably more qualified to introduce himself than I am. So, Steve, why don't you tell us about yourself a little bit? Yeah, and Peter, I think you've seen me like on streams or other things where someone's like, who would like to go first? And before this question is even posed, my hand is up. I'm like yelling into the microphone. So yeah, I kind of like, I like attention. Uh, <laughs> but thank you so much for having me. Yes, my name is Steve. Um, I am, uh, I guess, fairly new to the tabletop RPG scene. Um, just in the last couple of years when I started doing a little bit of work with uh, the podcast crew Asians Represent. Um, I've always kind of been like floating around mostly in D&D spaces, um, not really, you know, expand my horizons, but ever since working with the Asian Represent crew, um, you know, I've had these amazing opportunities to not only play great games, but also do some really fascinating deconstructions of uh, a ton of stuff. Yeah, no, I, I can guarantee once you got onto the podcast, specifically the streamed episodes and stuff, like questions and everything especially because like there's a lot to deconstruct and, and I think something that you really brought to the table that was really good was trying to find something good in the bad, especially during like Oriental adventures and that stuff. Um, how did you get into TTRPGs? How did you like start? Oh, geez. Um, so I think my first time playing an RPG would have been like a traditional RPG would have been Dungeons and Dragons third edition uh just in high school with my friends and we had no idea what we were doing um we set out to figure out how to beat D, like we really want to optimize how to win uh so that tells you a lot about kind of our mindset going into it um and that was very interesting and i basically stayed with dungeons and dragons up until like maybe the last couple of years or so which is kind of scary when you think about it that's a long time to be with one rpg I think like if there's anyone that's designed for that, it's D and D. Oh yeah, totally. It was kind of like, um, you know, when's the next edition? When's the next season coming out? And then everyone gets scrambled for that. There's a lot of excitement, and then it kind of like, you know, peters out towards the end. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Especially like since D and D, especially, is just constantly releasing stuff like every year. So you you never really run out of things to do. Oh yeah. What's your favorite? Like, I know, I know you're still kind of new to the not D and D sphere. I'm, we probably started playing not D and D around the same time. Uh, do you have a favorite system? Favorite system. Okay. Um, my my current favorite system is like Starcraft, like Dread kind of situation with the with the wood block tower. This mm -hmm. blows my mind. It still blows my mind. I look at it. And I just get excited. I get chills. I love just these non-traditional, I don't know if that makes sense, but non-traditional, like non-dice oriented games. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just think it's so cool and so creative. I cannot wait to try my hand at something like Wretched and Alone, where I was supposed to, I, su I think I was supposed to use a block tower and and dice, or not dice. Um, a notepad, I think. A deck of cards, a deck of cards. Yeah. So that's also probably going to blow my mind. Um do do larps without a system count as a system i i feel like they might but those sure. are also yeah. things that have have really blown me away just completely changed my horizons uh i got to play a lot of mini larps uh, at, at some conventions back when we could go to conventions and the idea of kind of physically being there and trying to 
role play and feed off each other. I think in a different life, I would have been a theater kid. I completely understand that. I was saying that to my sister the other day. I was like, listen, if I were more coordinated, I would like, I would rock the comedy Broadway scene. Oh, I don't know about Broadway. Oh, man. No, specifically comedy Broadway. But, but yeah, no, I get what you mean. Which is why we have tabletop role playing for the theater kids who never got to be theater kids. Yeah. And Woo. even those that did. <laughs> and theater me. kids who did get to be theater kids. And because this is Firebrands, I, I have to ask Steve, what's your favorite mech show? It's Gundam. Hundred percent. It's Gundam. Gundam Wing. It's Gundam Wing. Um, mm, I'm gonna say Gundam Wing, like the 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 '90s anime, uh, not like Endless Waltz or things like that. I just have very fond memories of coming home from school and being like, Gundam's on. I have no idea what's going on. I cannot relate to the themes whatsoever. Um, <laughs> but heavy arms, give me more heavy arms. Give me that directly into the brain. You're not wrong. I remember watching one Gundam. I can't remember which one it was, but I remember watching one of the Gundams when I was in like um, 12th grade, maybe first year of university. And I just remembered, I was like, I want to watch the show where these people get in giant mechs and fight. And then it turned into a show about like nationalism and the issues with that. And I'm like, I, I watched this as a kid. Yep. Yep. I remember, you know, you'd get computer time in grade school, and I'd spend my computer time looking at pictures of Gundams. I'm like, yeah, this is how I'm going to spend my free time. Yeah, no, the art design in Gundams is is out of this world good. All right, so, uh, you know what? You know what? Enough talking about Gundams. Let's ride some Gundams. Do you ride them? Do you pilot them? Drive Gundams? I think it's pilot, at least pilot in, them. in Firebrands. I want to drift. Let's drift some Gundams. Oh, none of us are compatible enough for that. <laughs> yeah, let's play some Firebrands. Yay! Alright. Want to do some background? I was going to say, Corey, you know the system better than any of us, so why don't you give a quick... <laughs> I've played this a handful of times. Um, mostly when uh, our usual game is having to be on pause for various reasons. So yeah, sure. Uh, the Bantrell system which is where we play, is not at war. Very emphatically not at war. Uh, it was never a really wealthy colony. Uh, just had enough resources to maintain its own small society. Nothing worth exporting. And because nothing of value or worth was found on the planet before, uh, there was never any need for the corporate sponsors of the initial colonization to interfere in the administration or the running of the planet. But recently, there was a minor development in an obscure biochemical processing technology, and the features of Bantrel's ecosystem went from being a scientific curiosity to being an untapped and unknowably deep wellspring of wealth. Basically, uh, they can now make crystalline Bantrophil out of the plants on Bantrel, which gives the plants of Bantrel their distinctive pearlescent shimmer. Uh, but this crystalline Bantrophil uh, is needed for cryostabilization, which is needed for probably a bunch of stuff, uh, like space travel and whatnot. So basically, the companies that helped colonize this planet are no longer not interested in what's going on here and have decided to put their hand in. So these companies, these the, the self-proclaimed landowners who want to come and take the land away from uh, the aristocracy and... Uh, the other people who live on this planet. Um, and so 
you know, there's some skirmishes over the the rights of the the land, uh, but definitely not a war. Nothing like that's going on. Uh, so we'll all be playing people uh, in the factions on this planet, either part of the Bantrash, who are the aristocratic families on Bantral. They inherited, they're the ones who lived here and started developing Bantral before it was, you know, before this was discovered. Uh, the landowners, who are, according to Solar Union law, the right holders to the wealth of Bantral. Uh, they are soldiers and officers of the, uh, basically, the companies. Uh, and the revolutionaries, who are the people who want both the Bantrash and the landowners kicked off this planet. Uh, so we'll make characters. We each have to, we have to have at least one person from each group. The goal of this game is to make messy complication, like messy, complicated relationships. Sort of fight with your friends and uh, either make friends with or romantic overtures with your enemies. Doesn't have to be romantic if you don't want to, but uh, that is encouraged sometimes, depending on uh, which game you're in. So yeah, who wants to choose first? I'm good with whatever. I'm also good with ever, but that's not, that's not helpful. So let's say, <laughs> let's say I'm leaning towards a landowner or revolutionary. Okay. I haven't even moved away from the Bantrash since you started talking. So, uh... Do you want to be a noble? Yeah. Alright, cool. Kelsey, do you have any preference? Um, not specifically. I I was kind of wanting to let Steve and Peter pick first anyway, just because you and I have both played this game enough that we've done all of them. (laughs) Yes, we have. Should we flip a coin then? Like, heads, I'm a landowner, tails, I'm a revolutionary? Uh, sure. Sweet, yeah, let's do that. Uh, you want to flip a coin, huh? I see you've already understood the mechanics of this game. <laughs> it's it's funny because after I read the rules, I'm like, all oh, right, I'm going to go find like a coin so I can physically flip it, and I have nothing on me right now. So, <laughs> Okay, so that's Tails. So I'm a revolutionary. Ooh. Kelsey, do you want to be a landowner or something else? Um, I think I'm leaning more something else if you want to go landowner. Sure, I'll play landowner. Okay. And then I I think I might also go noble. Okay. So now that we have that, we have to create our characters. Uh, first, like it'll there's sort of a walkthrough under each faction. Uh, but you're going to choose three attractive qualities, either the ones that are listed under your faction or something else if you fi- find something else fits you better. Uh, a name. Uh, Bantrash, you will need a family name. I'll need to come up with a company name. Uh, and revolutionaries need just their name and I think a uh, occupation or a profession that they do in their day-to-day lives. And you'll have to figure out what your mobile frame looks like, what their name is, and either like your your family members if you're Bantrash, like two or three, your fellow squad mates if you're a landowner, and yeah, fellow revolutionary soldiers if you're revolutionary. So we'll come up with our characters now, and when we're done, we will go around and introduce them to one another. Can I say that this is the first time I've ever been like in a game where the rules explicitly say, like, the name can just be your name if you're cool with that. So that's 100% yeah. what I'm doing, because I feel like that might mess me up a little bit, and like I'm kind of into that. <laughs> I, d- I gotta say, I love the name Big Steve. <laughs> I I also love it. I was like... Big Steve, there we go. Yeah, put that, put that on. on tag. I'm, I'm already excited. I'm already like shaking with anticipation here. Now I kind of just want you to like just walk around with this. Hi, my name is Big Steve. Tag. <laughs> uh, 
Watch me just pull something from this chart you gave me and call that a day. I am not good with mechs. <laughs> Luckily, all of them come with names. Yeah. I love this game, but the the mech part is not my strong suit. <laughs> I don't understand. The mech part is the whole reason to play the game. Uh-huh. That's not why I play the game. I am here for sword fights and or smooches. Uh, remember that you need to heck, uh, brainstorm a few people from your either your house or your revolutionary buddies, just in case. Uh, we might somebody might take uh, control of them during a scene or something. So you know, it's just not just our four characters inhabiting the earth. Oh, so when it says like your soldiers are your fellow revolutionaries, mm -hmm. should I like write down like the names of like four of them or something? Yeah, like it's just a handful. Yeah, okay. We can come up with more on the fly if need be. Yeah. But... If we need them. There's always a chance we might not really need too many. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes uh, you have to play the noble's cousin who's walking in on them having an assignation. So it's helpful to have their name. I kind of feel like I want to rename my mech now. <laughs> I just, I don't compare to Mechzilla, Fisto, TNT, and Bloody Tears Me Don't. <laughs> like, that would, Bloody Tears Me Don't. Oh my gosh. Right? Great name for a mech, but also terrible name for a mech. <laughs> and that, that is a tension I want. <laughs> to just put into the universe it's kind of like that guy from um my hero academia don't stop sparkling <laughs> or can't stop sparkling i love that that that's great i was going more for like a, a panic at the disco type situation where it's like you know what yeah <laughs> put it all out there valid killdozer is also an excellent name dang i have a very clear <laughs> image of like the words and music these folks listen to so fantastic Speaking of, I gotta pull up my Judas Priest playlist right now. <laughs> it's recommending my mother's hometown name as a ship name. Name generators are to confuse me. But this is how I'm naming mechs now. Just looking up ship names. <laughs> I'm scrolling through Google Music to try to find a name. <laughs> I'm doing the I'm doing the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure uh, <laughs> approach. Valid. One game I named all of my mechs uh, Shakespeare quotes. Mm -hmm. like I was in the Sharper Than a Serpent's Tooth. Ooh. I don't know if mine exactly have a theme to them going here. I'm just hitting the random ship name generator button until something stands out. That's valid. So after we make our characters and kind of go through like that half page or page of just bolded mm -hmm. words, I guess, then do we play the solitaire kind of section or do we wait? Uh, you can start, yeah, sort of coming up with a scene. Uh, after we introduce our characters to one another, uh, the way I usually play it is we'll either, like, tell each other what happened during our solitaire game or, like, give a short scene, you know, showing what happened. Whatever you feel comfortable with. Okay. Uh, and then just so we can show where we are uh, before everything starts. And then, yeah, we can just jump right in to whoever is going to pick the first game. We all good? Yes, I think so. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll be playing uh, Ceres McCullough, uh, pronouns she, they. Uh, her attractive qualities are that she is confident, striking, and thoughtful. And she pilots the uh, the mech, the burning hound. And she definitely gets called uh, the hound sometimes uh, by people below her who don't appreciate her or, you know, people talking out of turn. Uh, and she works for the Ulster Company, a Theta Unit which is a subsidiary of uh, Red Branch Intergalactic. Her soldiers underneath her are Marcy St. Clair, Iran Renza, and Vasilisa Dali. 
that was amazing. I love that. That fe- I feel the landowners now. Like I, <laughs> oh, yes, cool. I'm happy to go next. <laughs> go for it. All right, so I'm gonna be playing uh, Big Steve. He him. Uh, he's dashing, inspiring, and also very generous. Um, day job, engineer, mechanic. Mostly doing repairs on other frames and mobile suits. Um, work always needs to get done. He's there, and he's very uh, you know creative with uh, solutions that he makes. Uh, his mech is a repurposed high leg frame uh, that he has renamed Kill Dozer. It looks pretty awful to look at. It looks like it probably shouldn't be walking, yet here it is. Um, he and his revolutionary crew, you know, they kind of do their own thing, uh, but he primarily spends time with his fellow soldiers. Uh, Big Jan, who pilots Mechzilla. Black Dog, who pilots Fisto. Short Joe, who pilots TNT. And Charlie, or Chuck, who pilots Bloody Tears We Don't Deserve. So good. <laughs> Those are great names. <laughs> Peter, Kelsey? You want to go next, or should I? I can go ahead. Right. Uh, I'm going to be playing Sam Wu, he, they. Uh, attractive qualities, fiery, beautiful, enthusiastic. Uh, I pilot the the uh, mobile frame unit until the sun dies. My soldiers are Chu, they, them, who pilots the governor's shadow. Kazuma, he, him, pilots shotgun. Toya Wu, they, them, kiss with a fist. Koto Wu, she, her, come on, Eileen. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, I named them all after songs. I also named all of my characters after Yu Yu Hakusho characters. Yeah, I didn't notice that at all. Except for Sam. <laughs> I didn't either, but now I do. <laughs> no, I, I was being sarcastic. I definitely noticed that after I saw Kazuma there. After, after <laughs> Kazuma? Kazuma, Kazuma uh-huh. Kuwabara? <laughs> Kelsey? Yeah, that's on brand. Okay. Um, I will be playing Lila Zavala, whose uh, pronouns are she, her. She is a rich, bantrash heiress, radiant, enthusiastic, pilots a mech called Eclipse, and then her soldiers are... Zena Herrera in a mech called Perseverance, Naya Duran in a mech called Valkyrie, and Jonathan Love in a mech called Acteon. Very nice. Okay, then yeah, we'll do a round of solitaire. Uh, again, I can go first. Uh, so we get this shot of Captain McCullough, uh, short cropped, chestnut hair, in like in her uniform, like exosuit armor, basically. And uh, at the head of a company of her soldiers, and uh, there is a, a Bantrell with them, uh, a servant of uh, one of the Bantrell families who is taking them through this th- the underbrush right now. Everybody's like heavily kitted out. But then they sort of come on this like overpass, like on like a cliff edge. Uh, and like the sun hit just right, hits just right. And you see like this this open shot of the land and it's beautiful and lush and like the clouds part, the sun's brilliant and uh, she's caught for a second uh, and then her face hardens and like glances at the, the band and just keep going. They've got a lot of ground to cover and they head out. Who'd like to go next? Um, I could go next. Yeah, sure. I think that you cut to like me with my, my household guard, Kazuma and Chu. Just doing, just doing some basic training, making sure we're all up to par. And 
they're they're a little bit more concerned with fashion and style than with fight and effectiveness. You know, gotta gotta look good while you're doing what you're doing. I don't think I I, I I'm any different. Like they're definitely following my lead instead of doing this contrary to me. So we're all just kind of messing around in a way that's that's could also be considered sparring. Nice. Very nice. Steve, yeah, go right okay. up. Yeah, I'll, I'll go next. So um, the maybe the, the sparring and whatnot, maybe there's like some sound effects or something that cuts into kind of maybe a different kind of metallic sound, maybe a grinding or, or tinkering or hammering. And we get to a kind of garage warehouse situation here. The camera is zooming out and there are several different radios and other music boxes that are all blaring different songs, but they're all like hard metal death metal that kind of stuff and everyone's kind of jamming to their own stuff and despite the the cacophony of it all everyone seems to be in pretty good spirits and everyone's working on basically retrofitting a bunch of frames there are scenes of people like you know pulling off pieces of plating here and there adding on new ones and all this retrofitting um it looks really hacked together but there's a couple of the frames that look like, they could definitely stand on their own doing something. But either way, they're all mismatched, they're miscolored, and they're all missing insignias. Or they have too many insignias, and it doesn't really matter. And I think uh, the camera kind of focuses on a Big Steve here. And Big Steve just kind of has finished putting on this giant claw on Killdozer. He's covered in grease. He's, uh, uh, he's, a, he's a very mask-presenting person with, like, tats, uh, wearing, like, a, a greasy tank top. And... As he's kind of admiring his work, there's a giant crash as another frame has just basically collapsed under its own weight. The parts and whatnot, the metal, they're not getting good stuff, and it collapses, and everyone kind of gets into motion. Big Steve, without any words or anything, is, is checking on people, making sure everyone's safe. And then as the dust clears, everyone just kind of is looking at this wreck of a mech. It's completely unsalvageable at this point. And everyone kind of have but has like this moment of silence before Big Steve just kind of like claps his hands. Uh, maybe he whistles pretty loudly. And he says, "I'll clean this up. Everyone, just get back to work. We're on a we're on a tight clock here." Very nice, Kelsey. Where do we cut to? I think we cut to Lila is showing a few people around the grounds of her estate. Um, obviously, offworlders by the uniforms that they are wearing. And she generally looks like she is having a good time. Like, she's got, like, a bright, smiley expression. She's very energetic in what she's doing. Generally seems a little bit entertained just by having guests in general. And I don't know if you can quite tell what she thinks of their standing and their presence on the world exactly but for the moment she's just she's having a grand time showing off and the people that she's showing off to generally seem to be if not impressed then at least amused by watching her just as much as she is with them okay very nice does anyone have a scene that they want to uh start with or shall i pick something because I'm always ready to start with a dance if uh, nobody else has anything else they want to play with. <laughs> Let's go with that. I think that sounds really very interesting with this group of mm -hmm. characters. Good with me. 
dances and chases seem to be our go-to starting games. <laughs> exactly. By long tradition, uh, I usually open up a game with either a, a chase or a dance. Uh, and I, I usually prefer a dance because then, uh, yeah, we can have all four characters present and uh, we can can start building some interesting, complicated relationships. So I think this is a dance. This is a party that uh, the landowners are putting on that the Red Branch Company is like sort of doing PR for like they've hired out uh, a huge like dance hall. Uh, they're catering. They're spending a whole bunch of money to make this lavish and make this a, a party for everyone to remember their generosity and their willingness to extend a hand to the locals. Um, so they've invited representatives of every noble house in the area and the community leaders. This is as much like rubbing shoulders as it is to have fun. So gosh, who do I want to dance with first is the question. That's <laughs> always the question. <laughs> Kelsey, will you join me in a dance? Uh-huh. Of course. All right. And I I don't want to speak for you guys. Uh, are all of you present at the party, or have you decided to sit this one out? Um, I'm absolutely required to be there. Oh, cool. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I think Big... I'm going to have Big Steve be there, but um, either incognito or under some other guise. Um, this is, I think, a, a more infiltration mission that he's doing kind of solo here. Nice. Good plan. Okay, so we get this shot of of series in their dress uniform. I think it's a dark green with slight metals on the side. They look kind of uncomfortable. This isn't their scene, but they've been told to make nice with the locals, and uh, you gotta you gotta do what you're told to do by the the brass, even if it doesn't make any sense or it makes you uncomfortable. So Kelsey, how do you and me come to be dancing together? Uh, I mean, if you look obviously uncomfortable, um, Lila might honestly just, like, effectively drag you into dancing with her in an attempt to either make you less uncomfortable or just to see what happens, honestly. (laughs) Or to make me more uncomfortable. Yeah, whichever happens. She's fine either way. (laughs) Excellent. Okay, um, so what do we notice about each other? What have we heard? Uh, I think that you notice, yeah, not only that Captain McCullough is uncomfortable, uh, but you know that like this, uh, her company only just recently touched down. They've only seen a little bit of Vantral, so there's not a lot of chatter about her company, uh, but rumors say that she's an experienced captain uh, and mech pilot and... Uh, has done a lot of work for this company and it shows like underneath like the cuffs of uh, her suit and everything like there's the scars and like you can see there's probably a large one uh, that sinks into her collar along the side of her neck. Yeah. What do I notice about you? What have I heard? Uh, I think you notice that Lila is very much in her element here. She is very just full of energy and bright and both in her expression and in like the really shimmery kind of silver white dress that she's wearing and it just really looks like she is out to have a good time in whatever way she possibly Mm -hmm. can and i think that probably fits with what you've heard about her too where she she's effectively a socialite like 
she's very sociable. She's very outgoing. And I think for a lot of the off-worlders, they don't always know what to make of that. Like, mm -hmm. it's hard not to enjoy being around her. But it also means that they don't quite know if they trust her or not. They don't know if she's an ally or if she's just mess like just toying with everyone around her. Or you can't always tell who is toying with who. Ah, uh, so noble games. Yeah. Okay. Alright. Uh, so the way this game works is that we get uh, two questions. We're going to go around in a circle, ask one of whoever we decide to have our dance partner be. And... Worst answer asks the first question. Uh, so I think that's me in this case. I think you're a much better dancer than I am, Kelsey. <laughs> I'll accept that. <laughs> Uh, so you approach and you sort of drag me out on the dance floor, and I'm bewildered and uh, definitely surprised, uh, but I, I go along, um, and I lose my place in the dance almost immediately. Do you let me stumble, or do you draw me back into place? Oh, uh, she'll, she'll draw you back into place here. <laughs> it's no fun if you get too flustered too quickly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you notice that uh, series is a little bit flushed, um... And, like mouth twisting with uh, distaste. Uh, thank you. I um, I'm not versed in the dances of Bantrel, unfortunately. Oh, they're easy once you've done them a couple times, and no better way to learn than with someone that has done them plenty of times, right? You do seem as though you know what you're doing. I should. Been at this a while. Yeah, and sort of looks over you as if for the first time, um, and what family are you with, if that question isn't too impertinent? Of course not. Zavala. Lila Zavala. It is a pleasure to make your acquaintance, Lady Zavala. And what might your name be? Captain Sirius McCullough. Just sort of entered Atmo, so to speak. Well, it's a pleasure to meet you as well, Captain McCullough. Welcome to our planet. Thank you. It's been very hospitable thus far. Good. We like to keep it that way, I think. So I hear. Well, nice to know our reputation precedes us. And they seem like they were about to say something, but they think better of it. <laughs> yes. Bentrell is the shining star of the system for many reasons. Something we should all be proud of. You have much to be proud of, from what I hear. The Zavala's in particular... You are quite the preeminent family, from my briefing. You could certainly say that. You wouldn't? Oh, I I probably would. Preeminence is subjective to some people, I suppose. But I think we've done well for ourselves. So, yeah, there's like a bit of an awkward silence, I think, uh, as McCullough tries to think <laughs> of the next thing to say. Um, Can I ask a question as part of the audience? Yeah, sure, go for it. So sure. in, in my mind, I have almost like this Disney-esque like ballroom mm -hmm. in my head, but I wanted to know what your thoughts were. Is this more like, um, uh, what, what do you call a fancy square dance that people do? Like, oh, um, I think I know what you mean, but like, yeah, the words escaping me. Oh God. Um, yeah. Is, is that, is that what you were imagining too? Or is it like more of a, um, I don't know, like a dance party kind of thing? Yeah. I'm thinking it's, it's sort of like formal. In that way, like, uh, there's probably a bunch of group dances, but at this point we're probably, it's, it's really early on in the night, so, like, waltzes or whatever the 
the local version of it is called. And it's your house that's running it, right? Uh, yeah, the, the landowners have rented out, like, a dance hall, whatever the equivalent of, like, that is on this planet. You know, those, like, rental suites that, like, you can, or, like, a hotel ballroom. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, don't ha- you don't have your own? Okay. <laughs> of course we don't have our own. What? We just got here. Not okay. all of us are freaking band trash. They don't have the estates that we do. All of us have family who's been here for hundreds of years. <laughs> My next question is around the music. So now that we're like in this kind of fantasy sci-fi kind of situation, does music just get played over the speakers or did you have musicians come in? Oh, we were trying to ingratiate ourselves with local nobility. So there are real musicians here. I love that. It's cute. <laughs> There's definitely like an electro orchestra in the corner with some some strange looking instruments. But uh, it the music is is lovely, I'm sure. Every time I just think of aliens playing strange looking issues, I think of I think of that. And uh, you think of what? What they're called in Star Wars? Oh yes. We do not have a cantina band at our fancy party, Peter. <laughs> nope, not that name. <laughs> yep. <laughs> mm, that's the stuff. And we're not playing that either. Could have just gone with jazz whalers. He could have just called them jazz. But that's not Lucas enough. <laughs> Look, if you don't change out the vowels, how will you know that it's sci-fi? He could have used any other vowel. Nope. He could have called it Jaws. Nope. Jaws whaling. Nope. <laughs> so yeah, I think yeah, McCullough goes, uh, are you the um, representative of your family then here tonight? I am. Please don't take offense at this, but you seem rather young for the position. I feel like that's a little more flattering than offensive, but I suppose I am younger than some of the others. I'm not quite so young that I don't know what I'm doing. I would never think to intimate otherwise. Good. I think, yeah, that's where the dance breaks, unless you have anything else, Kelsey. Nope, I'm good with that. Okay. If we were around a table, you would see me, like, holding my brain and just, like, walking around like, this is so juicy. Like, I love this. I'm glad. <laughs> Good. All right, who wants to to pick a dance partner next? I do like this dance scene, but I don't think Big Steve is much of a dancer. And it's also, you know, a good way to get found out if he's undercover. You don't have to actually uh, dance if you don't want to. If there's a question that you feel like, like you can make work without dancing, or if you come up with a question outside of the ones provided that you think will come up with an interesting, like, mini scene, go for it. I've definitely had uh, revolutionary characters who weren't there to dance, but, like, still interacted. Yeah. So I'm going to have Big Steve bump into Sam here. Okay. The way I'm going to have this happen is Big Steve is one of the servers. They were able to get a uniform, uh, sneak him in uh, on kind of short notice and whatnot. So his uniform maybe doesn't fit. It fits a little too snugly around the shoulders and the waist and the arms and the legs and the neck. But, you know, he's doing his best to kind of do as everyone else is doing, at least the staff. And I think he is trying his best to just eavesdrop on conversations. And this happens to be, of course, while he's holding a platter full of some fancy thing that he probably thinks the portions are too small. And I think Big Steve kind of sets eyes on Sam thinking that, you know what, there's probably an easy mark. Um, I will say that that my my training 
with my uh with my house guard was probably noticeable to everybody. So while you're there trying to clean up your 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 Rekka, I'm there literally just toying around with mine. So probably a reason why you would come towards me. I, I definitely made a a uh, God, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, yeah, like an, like already making like a name for yourself. Sorry, go ahead. Made a scene. Yeah, yeah, I was making like a scene already. So anybody here that you would know of, it's probably me. Yeah. So I think Big Steve has, has served a couple of puffs here and there to some other puffs themselves um, and has decided that, yeah, I got this. I know exactly how servers and everyone acts at these things now uh, and just struts up to Sam, despite the fact that your house guard is there. And I think he just kind of ignores them and walks directly up, up to you, Sam, and says, hungry? Well... I wouldn't be me if I were to turn down some food now, would I? And I just take, I, I probably like gently take one. Uh, thank you. Your name? Oh, it's Steve. Um, <laughs> funny, no one else has asked my name uh, tonight. Is that um, uh, a thing that you and, you know, I guess your family does? I like to know the people who are serving me. That's, uh, hope you don't mind me saying, that's weird. You realize I could have your head for that? I guess you could, yeah. And then I just give you, like, this big grin. <laughs> and I, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, go ahead. And I, I probably just laugh a bit as I eat this definitely too small of a portion food. It's probably, like, smaller than a cream puff. And, like, you know, do the very polite thing where I cover my mouth while I eat. I think Big Steve's gonna be like... <laughs> With that big smile, I think he's just going to laugh. He's just going to laugh a really good, genuine laugh. And he's going to take that platter, and he's just going to hand it over to Sam and say, you know what? We're probably going to need more of those. You know what? One would really just be fine, but uh, here, Kazuma, and I just hand it over to one of my guard. Why don't the two of you go do whatever it is you do? I don't ask questions. Probably just like... I guess you're the boss. Nod and walk off. <laughs> Yeah, and Big Steve looks to Kazuma and just kind of shrugs and offers some more food, watching as Sam walks away. No, no, sorry. They, the, sorry, I meant Kazuma and, uh, and Chu. Oh, yes, away. yes, yes. Yeah, so Big, Steve, Big Steve's there, and uh, I think he's a little lost for words right here. You know, he, he wasn't expecting to at least have a conversation with anyone. He's going to take advantage of this. He says, so... You were um, practicing something. I saw you. I recognized you. Well, I do like to be recognized. <laughs> yeah, well, um, it's probably not my place to say, but um, I, I'm a bit of a, uh, a bit of a martial artist. My fan, I understand. Hmm. What I was saying was that um, you could use some more work. Just, you know. <laughs> I think there's like a flash of offense at that. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you take my head now or after? And he flashes the exact same smile back to Sam. <clears throat> Steve, you said your name was, right? Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll remember that. And I think that's like, that's all I say about it. Yeah, you do that. And Big Steve takes a cream puff, puts it in his mouth, adds two more, because they're pretty small, and then hands the platter over to um, another server. 
and leaves the dance. Right. All right. Kelsey, Peter, uh, would either one of you like to do a scene next? Do you want to do one, Peter? Because if not, I can start one. Um, you can go ahead and do one. I'll go after. Yeah. I mean, I was going to pull you for this anyway. Ooh. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I think I'm supposed to ask this again. Um, how, how did we come to be dancing together? I think I was probably just wandering around the floor and uh, let myself get pulled in. Very good. Yeah, I think you get a very bright smile. And it's just like, hello, Sam. It's good to see you. Lila, always a delight. <laughs> of course. Are you enjoying yourself? I will say this dance definitely wasn't what I was expecting. Hmm, they can throw a better party than I would have expected of them. You know, I must confess, I don't actually know who threw this party. Hmm, our, our new neighbors, you could say. Well, you'll have to fill me in. Uh, one of the companies, I guess, helping to ingratiate themselves. Hmm. Can't say it isn't working, at least a little bit. Well, I'll say it's more the merrier, but... Well, then I'd be lying. <laughs> at least we know they're making an effort. Well, I guess you could say blend in. Not sure whose advantage that's to, but... Worth noting. And it means all the more fun for us, for the time being, at least. Well, you're certainly right. Nothing dull about it. <laughs> I think this moment in the dance allows me to step close to you and linger very near. Am I welcome? I think so. I think I adjust my position to keep you holding a little bit closer. You haven't had one of these in too long, as it is. You may be. I get invited to all of them every week, and I give one of those, those really charming smiles. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Well, now I certainly have to know who is inviting you to things without me. Well, if you don't know, I don't think you're allowed to know. I think you're making that up. Me? Do such a thing? Unheard of. Mm-hmm. I don't suppose you have anyone that can corroborate that. <laughs> oh, I would, but it appears that Cosmos had a little bit too much to drink today. Oh, how convenient for you. I know. Poor man, always. You have a lot of excuses. Oh. Wouldn't be me if I didn't. True. Might want to try and make them a little bit more believable, though. <laughs> Where's the fun in that? Draw is so much more fun to be caught in a lie, isn't it? <laughs> what makes you think that? Well, all the times I have been. <laughs> that just makes it sound like you're a really terrible liar. Maybe it just makes it a lot better when I actually do want to lie. I suppose I'll have to keep that in mind. Suppose so. I think the dance's figures bring you to dance with someone else. Whom? When the dance brings you back to me again, are you pleased or disappointed? Hmm. So are any of your people still here? Yeah. I think Kazuma, Chu, and Toya are there. Okay. Then I feel like she probably ends up dancing with one of them. And then when she comes back, she wants to, has like the biggest smile on her face and is like, hmm. You were making that up. <laughs> Whatever they told you was a lie. Are you sure about that? Positive. I think I'm a little bit more inclined to believe them. I'm just beaming the entire time. It's like, well, to each their own. But I just shrug. You keep saying whatever you want. I know the truth. 
Yeah, she's definitely got a very bright smile on her face the whole time as well. Do you have anything else, Peter? No, I think there's nothing more than just, like, playful banter. Yeah. All right. Uh, That makes it my turn again. Steve, has your character left the party completely? I'm willing to take that back. I realize that uh, (laughs) it's not a good play in a role-playing game. (laughs) Entirely up to you. But uh, if if he's still present, I think that uh, uh, Siri's eyes is drawn towards this incredibly tall, broad server whose whose uniform doesn't quite fit him and yeah i think they head over are you are you carrying anything at this moment uh let's say that he's not he's actually heading back to the kitchen to to pick up a fresh platter as it were though it still makes it very odd because he doesn't have an empty platter he just literally has empty hands yeah so yeah they they sort of get in your way a little bit and do the whole like syrup like look you over thing do you think do you think big steve would recognize her how praised is big steve of like the comings and goings of like i assume you guys have your spies in the companies yeah so big steve is supposed to be like the captain here but i imagine him more as the tiebreaker decision maker less of the intelligence person so there's a really good chance i think that he wouldn't recognize them all right yeah if you think so and I think, yeah, in that moment where uh, she's appraising you, uh, something about me catches your eye and your look lingers. What is it? Ooh. Does the captain have a have a military gait and composure? Oh, yeah, for sure. That's what catches Big Steve's eyes. And without thinking about it, Big Steve kind of, just for a moment, let's off that kind of like loosey-goosey fake pompous kind of thing and flows a little bit back into like an old routine the old routine being standing at attention uh looking directly in the eyes and waiting before realizing what he's actually doing and then just kind of tries to to play that off uh sorry can i uh can i can i help you i don't think i saw you before tonight when we were hiring the uh servers who are you with the uh the catering company they were short staff they called me in last minute hmm i suppose you have no problem uh giving me your id number so i can verify this yeah absolutely and big steve kind of starts looking around his coat kind of like fiddling around uh meanwhile uh in his head he's like id number what the and he looks over to the captain and he says i must have left it in my other jacket Uh, i'm just heading back to the kitchen of course. If you were extraneous of the catering company, I would be very interested to know who sent you. We wouldn't kick you out anything. We're not going to drag you into a interrogation room. But if you work for who I think you do, we could share some interests. I gotta say, you're coming off a bit paranoid. Are all everyone here that paranoid? Considering the raids that have been happening on company property recently, they smile. You'll find me the least paranoid of most of the people who've come in. Raids. Don't know nothing about that. Of course not. Yeah, and they step out of your way uh, and sort of wave towards the kitchen. Um, yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Let's see. I want to I wanna, I wanna do something else here. I want to impose some kind of action. 
I think Big Steve takes a step kind of towards the kitchen, then stops, turns heel and says uh, back to Sarah's. Why are you so interested in, you know, finding people outside of it makes a motion, you know, these folks. Don't y'all usually keep to yourselves? I was brought in because that wasn't working. And I find it very pays off very well to uh, to know the locals, so to speak. And I think they produce like a card out of like one of their pockets. If you're further intrigued. Yeah. Yeah. Call me intrigued. And um, Big Steve kind of snatches it out, looks at it, and then folds it in half. Uh, and he puts it in a back pocket. Okay. I'm good with that. Unless you have anything else. No, I'm good. I think it's your turn then. Or no, did you already ask a question? Um, I I think I asked a question. If you still want to do another scene, I think go for it. Uh, I think I'm good to pass on to the next player. Okay. Peter? All right. Um, I want to dance with you, Corey. Oh, heck. All right. Sarah's. Uh, so how do you sweep series onto the dance floor? With my with my natural charm, obviously. Oh, of course, you're ever so charming. Obviously, clearly, what I do is I stand in the middle of the dance floor and I give that smile, and then I do the, you know, the lasso thing where you like swing over your head and then you throw. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> classic move always works, hundred percent of the time. I was the say... classic move to bring someone onto the dance floor. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, if this were a different kind of dance, maybe not this one. <laughs> I think I give you that look from across the floor. Mm-hmm. Like, you seem new here. We should dance. Yeah. Uh, they almost say no, but you know that that that's not the object of uh, why they're here. So yeah, they they give you a gruff nod and like hold out their hand. And I take it, and um, I think dance with you for a few steps before I go. I must say I don't know who threw this party, but I think I've used like ten different accents at this point. <laughs> That's how you know how rich you are. The richer you are, the more accents you have access to. Oh, yeah. Exactly. I can afford more accents. Uh, I'm sorry, Peter. What was the last thing that you said? You know, I I must say, I don't quite know who set this whole thing up, but they're not the worst at setting up a dance, I, I suppose. Uh, they gave you this sort of crooked grin. I'll uh, pass your compliments on to the party planner. Oh, you happen to know them? Yes. Yes, I I do. Uh, they're in my company, after all. Is that so? Yes. Well, that's certainly news to me. Are you in the habit of showing up to parties that you don't know the thrower of? The host? Yes, that's the word I'm looking for. Well, when you get invited to as many as I do, they all blend together. You're quite the socialite, then. Of course. My family being who they are, you have to be. And whose family might you belong to? The Woos. Uh, and a look of recognition goes over their face. Quite a powerful family, the Woos. Well, I'm not one to brag, but there are some who consider us that. Hmm. And you are? Captain Sirius McCullough. McCullough. Pleasure to make your acquaintance. Pleasure indeed. It's always a pleasure to meet someone so fascinating. Do I fascinate you? You do? Is that a problem? Not at all. That's good to hear. I'm not used to being the object of fascination. Is that so? Now that's a shame. Uh, and I think at this moment in the dance, you may place your hand upon my elbow, my shoulder, my waist, or my hip. Which do you choose? Oh, good question. I think your waist. Mm. 
interesting. Uh, not too forward, but a little forward, considering the way that Sam is playing this. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, at your waist. You know, they, they look at you to see how you react. I think Sam is kind of, like, trained not reacting mm-hmm. to things like that. Um, so there's no real reaction to it, but it's not unwelcome. Okay. They say flattery gets you most places, but honestly, I don't have enough experience to tell. Well, maybe I can fix that. Looking at you, there's plenty to flatter. You seem like the sort of person that uh, is very well versed in it. So I've been told. Tell me, Lord Vu, what do you want? All I want is to have a good time. Is that too much to ask? These days? Perhaps. Well, it's a good thing I have plenty of power and wealth to throw around. And that's all you're interested in. What else would I be interested in? And I give this, like, sly grin. Yeah, and they mark that. I find myself with stressful days ahead. Well, should you ever need to de-stress, feel free to step by the Wu Estates. I'll remember that. Yeah, I'm good there, unless you have anything else? Yeah, no, I think I pull away after that. Okay. Kelsey. Yes? Your last scene. Uh-huh. Hmm. How do I want to do this? Or, I guess more specifically, what do I want to do here? In the interest of interacting with everyone for this, um... Steve, are you still around here? I'm going to say yeah. So kind of narratively here, after that dance kind of finishes off, um, Big Steve finds himself a uh, another platter of really boring food to go and, <laughs> and make maybe one last round before this whole shindig kind of dries up. Still looking for more information, but uh, honestly kind of bored. Okay. <laughs> Then um, I feel like as things are kind of starting to wind down, considering she's been up and about all night, Lila's probably due to try and catch her breath and go and grab something to something to eat, even if it's not super interesting. She will walk over to you and just like politely be like, ah, I don't suppose I can have some of those. Oh, uh, and I'll ask a question. Um, does does she look like tired? You mentioned she'd been like doing this for a while. Is she running low on fumes or uh, fuel? Um, she doesn't look like she couldn't go back to it, but like probably like a little bit out of breath. Just like she's been dancing most of the night and needs a breather. Uh, I think Big Steve looks at her and goes, "Uh, yeah, you, uh, of course, but um, I hope I hope you don't mind me saying." And he doesn't say anything. And he reaches into um, his pocket and he pulls out a flask. And he says, uh, <laughs> you know, yes. I figure uh, we're winding down. Might as well cap things off. I think that sounds like a pretty brilliant suggestion, actually. Thank you. By all means. And he hands it over. I say if you go for the drink, being a revolutionary here, they don't have access to a whole lot of good stuff. Mm-hmm. So let's go with more like antifreeze, less like a whiskey. Oh my god. <laughs> I love it. Um, There's a like straight up toilet yeah. wine. <laughs> toilet wine, we wish. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's like a slight, like not grimace, but like acknowledgement. Like that is, that is a taste. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, I didn't claim anything about it. I just had to wake you up. Um, I don't think she's complaining about it anyway, but she, yeah, after she takes a drink, it's just like, 
that is an interesting taste. Yeah, it's a local brew. In fact, very local. It's a little specialty <laughs> of myself. He says he takes a swig uh, and then stashes that away. I mean, because all their servers are like, Ugh, this guy has been doing this like all night. Mm-hmm. I suppose that's been useful to have while you've been stuck serving here all night. I mean, you do what you do to get by, right? Sometimes you gotta mm-hmm. take it on the chin, as it were. Um, but you seem like you've had your fill of the night. I always do. So then what's the plan? Are you going to, uh, is there like an after party for the party? Is there uh Oh, I'm sure there's got to be at least one. And if not, well, I'm sure someone could start one. Forgive me for saying, you sound uh, less than enthused <laughs> about the idea of spending more time around. Um, I'm sure these people are very lovely. No, I wouldn't say that. I Oddly turn down the option to continue, depending on what sort of after party it was, I suppose. Well, I hate to say it, but uh, knowing what I've known and, and, and seeing how these things kind of shake out, the after parties up on these rings, yeah, they're okay. They're just okay. Um, <laughs> but no, this is this is not my speed, if you get my taking. Um, definitely going to head back to... Uh, Head back to the crew, as it were. And, uh, yeah, we'll finish off the night right. I'm sure you will. You've probably earned it after serving everyone all night. Paycheck's a paycheck. And sometimes, you know, you kind of got to do a couple of things just to make ends meet. Uh, sorry, I, I should have. It's probably not your speed, uh, but you're welcome to swing by if you want. Uh, I appreciate that, but you are probably right about it being not quite my speed. And I wouldn't want to intrude. I'm inviting you, so would you really be intruding? Like, is, is, that's how words work, right? I suppose they do. I don't know how uh, <laughs> some of your friends might take to me being there. Heck, invite them. Tell you what, I'll make you a deal. You get them together. Okay. You meet me uh, here. And um, he takes a look at the business card that he had folded in his pocket. And he tries to remember the name, then rips it in half. And keeps Sarah's name in his pocket and Captain on the other side. And he writes an address on that back of that side of it. And he hands it over. He says, you can meet us there. Uh, we'll get something to eat. And when I say something to eat, I mean, you know, real food. Real food does don't sound nice. So sounds like you're a very confident maybe. And I like the, I like the sounds of that. <laughs> that sounds like a good summation. All right. Well, I'm going to go help kind of fold up some chairs and stuff. But uh, hope to see you around. And if I don't, well, um, yeah, it was good. This was good. You take care. Thank you. And uh, she will tuck the the card into whatever little bag she's carrying. Half a business card. <laughs> yeah. It fits in even the tiniest of clutch purses. <laughs> of course. What what kind of business card was it? What was the what was the the mat on it? What color was it? What kind of white? It was a good cream cardstock, uh, probably matte. Uh, just yeah, simple black type. Ooh, ooh, so the cheapest kind. <laughs> oh, this is a military captain. She doesn't have money to spend on business cards. <laughs> I I am saying this as someone who has to quote prices for business cards for work. <laughs> the single sided black and white text is the cheapest thing you could possibly get. Most people get like color on one side and then black and white on the back. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, this is the, the the space future, so even the fact that it's on paper is impressive. Mm-hmm. You're doing a bit of a flex by having on real, like, tree pulp yeah. paper. She didn't just download it into your, your hand terminal or anything. Mm-hmm. She gave you a full card. Okay. And with that, with that lingering shot of the business card that has been torn in half with the party breaking down around you, uh, and definitely like some of the servers in the corners starting to grab leftovers, people starting to leave the dance hall, that is where we will close out on that scene. Well, I don't know about you, but I could have danced all night. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Just Roll With It and our exciting game of Mobile Frame Zero Firebrands by D. Vincent Baker, Nagwi Baker of Lumpley Games. You can get your copy at lumpley.itch.io. A big thank you to Steve for joining us for this game of mech battles and emotions. You can find him at dmsteve on Twitter and on a host of content on the Any Award-winning Asians Represent podcast, as well as on their Twitch and YouTube pages. Thank you to 8ER41 on Pixabay for our intro and outro music. You can find us at RollWithItAP on Twitter, Instagram, and Blogspot, where we post updates about the podcast and transcriptions of the episode for accessibility purposes. We've also got a coffee at Just Roll With It, so if you're enjoying what you hear, consider sending us a hot cup of free bucks. Or, if you want a little bit more bang, head on over to our Redbubble page for merch with our Just Roll With It logo or our Prometheus Did Nothing Wrong design, inspired by our Aegon arc. You can find Peter at PR Cargill on Twitter, Patreon, and itch.io, Kelsey at Islanders Caper on Twitter and Instagram, and me, Corey, at theinvulnerabletide.com or at invulnerabletide on Twitter. All of the links will be in the podcast description. Tune in next time as the tension between our four characters starts to simmer. And until then, whether the dice are coming up nat ones or the narrative is throwing you for a loop, don't forget to just roll with it. <laughs>